What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Wednesday, February 28th, 2024 edition of the Daily Energy Newsbeat Stand-Up. Here are today's top headlines. First up, U.S. electrical generation by source in 2023. Great article. Natural gas, coal, nuclear, wind, hydro, solar, geothermal, biomass, and petroleum all ranked great. Um, article by Wolf Street. Next up, LNG demand will surge by 50% in the next decade, according to Woodside CEO. Next up, Wyoming likely to see billions of dollars in wind projects built in the next few years. Next up, counties are blocking wind and solar across the U.S. Maps show energy capacity in your area. And then finally, on the new side, Goldman CEO sees more uncertainty to soft landing expectations. What will this do to oil demand? Stu will then toss it over to me. I will quickly cover what happened in the oil and gas and finance markets today. We did see uh, uh, Bitcoin continue to rise, which continues to really outpace everything else in the market. We did see crude oil prices as well up about a dollar a barrel, mainly off the tack, um, off the back of OPEC considering extending its voluntary cuts till the end of the year. And then we will quickly cover the API crude oil inventory estimates, which you will find out as you listen to this here on Wednesday. And then Permian Resources went ahead and dropped their earnings fairly flat, not much um, to poke around, but we will we will do a good job of trying to dig in and see what we can find there. And then we'll let you guys get out of here and start your day. As always, I'm joined by Stuart Turley. I am Michael Tanner. Go ahead and kick us off, Stu. Hey, let's get rolling around to the U.S. electrical generation by source in 2023. Natural gas, cold, nuclear, wind, solar, hydro, geothermal, biomass, and petroleum. Okay, this is by Wolf Richer for the Wolf Street. Um, I thought this was great. It used a lot of the EIA data, but it also really kind of put it together in a way that it was generated by source. And so when you take a look at the mix, share of renewable wind, solar, geothermal, biomass was 22%. Share of renewables without hydro was 16.5. So you sit back and take a look. Hydro's big chunk. It is. Love me some hydro. But when you take a look at coal, uh, and Ms. Producer, if you could fly in the second chart or yeah, the second chart, which is in the middle of the article. Electrical generated by source gigawatts per hour. It's got coal, nat gas, nuclear, renewables, petroleum for everybody listening. Right. One thing that's clear since 2001 or really since 2008, coal's been on a slight tumble down, but but it's seeing a comeback. What's crazy is is it's seeing a comeback in 2020. Uh, And uh, we had a dip back, but the world is going coal. King coal ain't dead yet. Mm-hmm. So um, now uh, when you take a look, I thought that the next chart down, Michael, gigawatt hours by wind and then uh, hydro, all solar. Yeah, solar so this is wind. just showing this is just showing the renewable sources, wind, hydro, solar and then biomass. Right. The thing that I saw this was geothermal, biomass, and hydro were very closer to the uh, nuclear flatlines. I mean, they're a heck of a lot more uh, stable, and I sure like them. Well, and well, stable is in they're just not growing because it's really hard 
geothermal, we haven't had much activity happening, so I wouldn't expect geothermal electrical generation to grow year over year. Hydro is tough because we're, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with the almighty one. Um, we are seeing some technology breakthroughs in geothermal. I'm I get geothermal. that, but it's not showing up in the data because it's flat. Oh, no, not remember, yet. These are electrical. I, this said is the amount won't. of gigawatts no. power generated Mike, by Michael. Sport. You said we won't see any, and I'm saying yes, we will. Technology's coming around the corner. You said right. we well, won't. In this in this data set, we're not seeing any growth in that. I get why hydro's not growing. It's a little at some point oh, you just uh, yeah. at some point you're limited by how much stuff. So yes geothermal. We know there's some stuff going on. Stu's talked at nauseam about that, but really interesting research uh, by Wolf Street here. <laughs> at nauseam. I love it. Um, but what, what gets me is the cost per kilowatt hour is not in this article. I just thought it was great to talk about actually the sources. This is on Energy News. We got leverage so. cost of energy, of course. All right, what's next? Okay, let's go to LNG. We'll surge 50% in the next decade. Woodside CEO. This was an amazing one. Meg O'Neill uh, is a really pretty cool cat. I like what she's she's doing out there. And that graph in the middle of it, a new wave of LNG supply growth is just going mm-hmm. nuts. Uh, Cutter, which vies with the U.S. and Australia as the biggest LNG shipper, uh, announced plans for 30 increase in annual capacity, and we're being handicapped by the Biden administration. Yeah, I was going to say, of course, the Woodside CEO loves this because I agree with her. LNG demand will probably surge by somewhere between 30 and 50 percent in the next decade. And guess who won't be able to export? The United States. Where's Woodside located? Australia. That's right. Ah, but um, Australia is going through some serious problems. They've got some hypocrisy leaders there like you wouldn't believe. But I thought this was a great article. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's roll to the next one. Michael, you know, I'm up here in bear country today and I was out there and a bald eagle came by and he was telling me about this article. Bald eagles talk. If you didn't know that Wyoming is likely to see billions of dollars in wind projects built in the next few years. And before I get into this story, there's a couple of comments that went on our sub stack and they said, follow the money. Is there any graft in this? Because who, it does not make sense to put wind in Wyoming. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, huh? And the picture's got the antelope sitting there looking at it. Yep. And uh, Miss Producer, if you could pull this up, the Eagles were letting me know that they were going to watch this since the uh, there's millions of Eagles getting killed every year uh, by wind. And this is a funny video. Uh, if you're thinking that it's on Amazon and the Eagles are watching it. So as we play this, <laughs> let's take a look here. <laughs> Every eagle is hoping that this is a true story. It is well because they're killing. The, the problem is these wind turbines are killing them, and it's the vacuum uh, as they fly through them. The the different disparate in the vacuum. Anyway, so let's go look at the numbers. The shout out to the Cowboy State um, as Cowboy State in Wyoming uh, publication is wonderful. According to Wind Exchange, more than 2,425 megawatts of wind-producing turbines 
have been built in the Cowboy State everywhere from uh, I-80 to the I-25, another 3,500 megawatts is in planning or construction. Here's what gets me all worked up. They can build these, they can fund them, they can fund them and then charge me and you credit uh, tax stuff on this, but they're not going to be able to attach them to the grid. <laughs> it's my my dad used to always say if it, if it looks like a Ponzi scheme and smells like a Ponzi scheme, it's a Ponzi scheme, and this seems like a Ponzi scheme. And you know, I'm worried. You know, I've heard you've always heard me say eight years, uh, and it becomes fiscally uh, from a standpoint unsustainable. Uh, David Blackman has let us know that the inflate uh, the Inflation Reduction Act in the infrastructure bill allow for wind farms to start at the seven to eight year mark to rebuild these things. And so to rebuild these things, they get to double dip and who gets it in the drive-thru. All right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, we've talked at nauseum at nauseum really about all this stuff. So it's, and when you don't have anywhere to put it, what's the point? Exactly. And, and I want this very clear uh, just for Google and everybody else. I am energy agnostic. I could care less. Let's have wind. Let's have solar. But let's save some money. Anyway, let's go to the counties are blocking wind and solar across the U.S. Map shows energy capacity in your area. And um, this was from the USA Today. And I thought that the uh, just the last graphic that's in there is all you really needed to see. Is that Kentucky? It mm-hmm. looks like uh, Tennessee is just absolutely uh, no way are we doing it. And then look at the section in California and Vermont are all going NIMBY, uh, yep. NIMBY, uh, NIMBY, not in our backyard, not in our state. Look at that. Look at Oklahoma and Texas. We don't care. (laughs) Exactly. That's the funny part is that everywhere is that it's places that are blocking it are some of the places that are claiming to be all for wind, solar, all this jazz. It's hilarious. Now, I did visit with the congressman from Tennessee, and he's a cool cat. And uh, so uh, I think that that one is a little bit odd. Uh, But anyway. Hey, let's go to the uh, Goldman. Uh, They did not call me on this one. The Goldman CEO uh, sees more uncertainty to soft landing expectations. Will this impact global oil demand? You can see that I added that last sentence because uh, I knew you were thinking that. But here's the thing with Goldman Sachs, he says, we're the world is set up for a soft uh, landing, said Solomon. Uh, The market certainty perceives there's a very, very high delta to a soft landing. Mm -hmm. My own view is that it's a little bit more uncertain than that. I got to give him uh, credit for at least admitting that it's uncertain rather than um, is it Yeltsin, Yelton, whenever she's always saying, oh, it's transitory. Well, I, I find it hilarious that he's like, we're set up for a soft landing, but I'm this, but as the CEO of one of the, the largest organizations that studies financial information, I'm uncertain about it. 
<laughs> about it. That your analysts, your an- so so your analysts are saying one thing, and you think, well, do you trust your own analysts, or are you getting different data than what they're putting out? You see where I'm reading into this. You you can read what a CEO says just by that comment. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It 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 is. A I read this and I was comment. like, wait a second. So you're getting. You're getting side data from your analyst team, but you're, you know, we're set up for a soft land. That's what, you know, it's what the analysts are saying, but oh, I don't yeah. think so. Well, well oh, no. why? And and I think it's because of the global printed money and uh, it's sitting here. It's kind of funny. Even the NGOs are now mm-hmm. all the money's dried up for the social programs and stuff. It's not just energy that's running out of money. It's everybody is running out yeah. of money. No, absolutely. It's it's unbelievable. Off to you, dude. That was a lot of fun. And, and uh, thanks for letting me uh, talk to the Eagles today. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll go <laughs> ahead and, uh, and 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 toss it over and cover finance, guys. Before we do that, we'll go ahead and pay the bills here. As always, we are brought to you by the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all of your energy and oil and gas news. This team does a tremendous job making sure this website stays up to speed. Everything you need to know to be the tip of the spear when it comes to the energy business. Um, Go ahead and hit the description below. You can see links to the timestamps, links to the articles, um, and go ahead and find everything that you need to know to keep in contact with the show. Dashboard.energynewsbeat.com is our latest data news combo product. I'm really excited that we're going to be rolling out some stuff. We're going to be launching a a survey here in a little bit. So we hopefully, uh, we appreciate you guys. If you go ahead and hit the description below, you'll be able to see that energynewsbeat.com backslash survey. Please fill that out. You go ahead and fill that out. You're going to get access. You're going to get access to be able to view our premium subscription earlier and free. We love that. So you get a little free taste in there. We absolutely love that. And we say it on the podcast now. So Stu's gotten out till tomorrow morning when this launches to get it up and running. So that's the beautiful part about saying it here. We put a we, we add a clock to it. <laughs> but check it out. Energynewsbeat.com backslash survey. You can also find it on our website. We're going to go ahead and make one of the, the, the pop-ups that highly recommend filling that out. It's going to give us some great, great feedback on how to move forward. Um, as always, energynewsbeat.com. Let's go ahead and flip over here and, and, and talk about what happened in the markets. I mean, I mean, overall, we saw a fairly flat SP 500 kind of laggard, only about up seven tenths of a percentage point gap open. Um, but but not much from, from kind of the gap open really to where things ended up. NASDAQ, same thing. It was up uh, two-tenths of a percentage point. We saw Bitcoin, as I mentioned, it's up above 57,000, uh, up 4.6 percentage points. We see crude oil at 78.37. That's down actually about six-tenths of a percentage point. Uh, Brent oil up about 0.4 percentage points. Again, that that unwinding of Brent and crude is that crack, as that spread continues is going to be very interesting as we move forward, specifically as we now know OPEC considering more cuts. And that's part of what we saw, why we saw crude oil prices spike today, both from a WTI perspective and a Brent oil perspective. This is out of our favorite news source, Reuters. OPEC Plus will consider extending voluntary oil output cuts into the second quarter, according to three OPEC sources, in in, in hope to apply additional support to the market and could keep them in place until the end of the year. You have to remember, these are voluntary cuts of about 2.2 million barrels per day. That was what, quote unquote, what's on the books for the first quarter. And that's Saudi. That's also led by Saudi Arabia. They're rolling over their own production cut 
you know, we've seen prices rise specifically because some of the geopolitical stuff that has happened, but it's very likely that they're going to, quote unquote, according to this source, continue those cuts in order to help support prices. You know, also, we, you know, what's, what's crazy, Stu, is we saw an 8.4 million barrel estimate from the API on crude oil inventories. That's huge. Wow. An 8.4 yep. million barrel increase. And we saw prices rise. Again, it shows you a little bit of what's going on from the detachment of oil prices um, or detachment of, of, of what's driving the market right now. I shouldn't maybe use the word detachment so far. Really, the sentiment that's driving prices right now is what's going on from a supply side or from a demand side and, 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 and supply really outpacing really what's going on. And that shows the difference in what's going on in WTI and, uh, and Brent. That's going to hurt Brent pri- or uh, WTI prices. We saw them drop. I said slightly after this news, we did see Brent prices rise. So a little bit of a, a contiguous there. The only other thing that I saw today, Stu, was Permian Resources. Um, they go ahead and scoop up and, and drop earnings. You know, not much. You know, I was trying to dive in a little bit to their numbers. The problem is, and not the problem, but they went ahead and closed that Earthstone acquisition um, November first, which goes ahead and, and increases their enterprise value to a little bit above fifteen billion dollars. I was going to go back in, and one of my favorite is, as as we've talked about metrics to look on this show is capital per uh, capital spend or capex per quarter versus quarter production increases over quarter, aka, you know, EOG spends $1.2 billion and gets a 3% production boost. Again, we see why they're buying companies now. The real question for per for Permian, they spent about $350 million in CapEx, but we did see their total average production go from 137 uh, barrels per day to about 285. Oh, we've got an IR guy of the week candidate right here. No way. You read this. Here we go. Continued strong well performance combined with closing of Earthstone acquisition drove crude oil and total average production to 300, uh, 137 million barrels per day. Oh, I see. And 258 million. B- okay. I thought they were um, confusing uh, barrels per day and BOE Man. per day, but it's fine. I, I I jumped the gun a little bit. Point is- You got we, me all excited. I know. I know. Here it did. is Wednesday and we've already got an IR guy of the week. That's not good. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we'll go ahead. Um, not quite an IR guy of the week. You know, everything else is really the same. We did see their stock price pop about a quarter of a percentage point. Uh, reported net cash up to uh, about eight eight hundred forty six million adjusted free cash flow for the quarter um, of three hundred and thirty two million dollars. Um, and then they're going to go ahead and 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 declare a quarterly base dividend of about uh, five cents a share, variable dividend about ten cents a share. Repurchase five million shares for sixty-seven million dollars. It's really about it. Market was fairly flat. Everything kind of uh, lined in expectations, so nothing, nothing too crazy on that front. That's about all I got, Stu. What else? What else do you have? Oh, I'm, uh, I'll tell you. I'm still confused on uh, global pricing. Um, the dark fleet is getting darker or grayer. You know, is it the dark fleet or whatever? I have no idea. Uh, uh, everybody get a tetanus shot when they walk by one of them. But um, pricing, when you see OPEC rule uh, things like that, yeah, I, I'm not sure I even buy it. So I don't know. You don't Lots buy good anything. Stuff. Just. I'll, you just you just keep telling me to keep my gas tank full. So yes, I do. He's <laughs> he didn't he didn't that tone of his voice changed, folks. That tells you he's serious. <laughs> All right, with that, guys, we'll let you get out of here. Appreciate everyone for checking us out. Energy Newsbeat. We will see you guys later.